On today's show, we have a special treat. Jared Jones is our guest. He's a fitness manager at Movara Fitness Resort in Southern Utah. I met him earlier this year, and it was just great getting to know him and getting to hear his story. He's got a degree in education and exercise science. He also has a master's in human movement. And the thing that's interesting about Jared is he's willing to share his journey to get to where he is, which I think fits a lot of us as men. He's gone through job loss and job changes, and also his struggles with finding his fit through those ups and downs. Then he shares with us his view about fitness and movement and what that means for us as men, how we fit nutrition into it. It's some great material. You don't want to miss it. In fact, it was so good, we're going to do two episodes of it. So get ready as we do our interview with Jared Jones. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Confident Man Podcast, empowering men with the confidence they need to live their adventure. Now, here is your host, David Maxwell. All right, Jared, welcome to the Confident Man Podcast. Glad to have you here. I'm so I'm so appreciative that uh, that you reached out. Happy to be here as well. Well, Jared, um, tell us a little story of kind of how you got into the fitness world and doing what you do today. Because I know you have a great story behind it. Yeah, my my um my interest in fitness started young. You know, I grew up in a family that was very active and so I grew up playing little league sports and you know, as I excelled in one, one would kind of fall off and um and that kind of continued on through high school and in high school it was predominantly running sports and and basketball. Um, and I really enjoyed it, really loved it. But, but at that point, um, I was able to see that there's a big jump in terms of athletic skill and talent between high school and the next level. And so, you know, you can kind of see the writing on the wall that, you know, as much as you love sports and, and fitness and activity, um, it's not for everyone past, past high school. There are not a lot of opportunities um, outside of that. Uh, and so I started to, to look at other areas in terms of fitness and in health that I could create a life or a career around, um, still dealing with those same subjects. And, um, I was blessed that my high school, my senior year in high school, um, we were selected as, as kind of a pilot, uh, program for an athletic training um, class. And so as high school students, we were, were getting kind of college level instruction and we were student athletic trainers. And it really exposed me to a lot of other areas where I could be involved with athletics and, and fitness without being the athlete myself or the competitive athlete myself. And, and so that really opened the door and kind of, um, made me focus a lot on, on what I could do in fitness as a career. And so I, I got my bachelor's degree in exercise science and a teaching certificate at the same time so that I, I could teach. And, um, and that was kind of my goal plan, you know, is to, to teach high school and be a, an athletic coach. And that's kind of how I saw my, my path forward. Um, and then 
about a year and a half into my first teaching job, the school district that I was in felt like PE and health for middle school boys was not an important part or not as an important part of the curriculum as some of the other subjects. And so I was laid off a year and a half into my career without really any other prospects um, and kind of forced my hand into doing something else because I either had to move my family or I had to, to find some, some way else to support what was going on. And, and so I took a job in corporate America, still, still in wellness, but um, not nearly as, as hands-on. I was developing corporate wellness um, programs and, and traveling a lot, but ultimately just sitting. Um, and I was in that job for a couple of years, super unhealthy, super unhappy, and got to a point where um, I put on a significant amount of weight myself, which looking back now is, you know, I'm everyone, you know, typically struggles with health in one way or another. But when you're in the industry, it's almost like you feel like you're immune to those little things. So I didn't even recognize that I was going down the path until I had already put on um, just about 80 pounds. And I remember seeing a picture of myself after my after going out to dinner with my family and um, not recognizing the person in the picture as myself, having a visceral reaction that was very uh, poignant for me in my life. And I knew, you know, I looked at that job and and that ultimately was the the catalyst for my unhealth at that point. And I didn't know what my future was supposed to be, but I know whatever it was, it was not that version of myself. And so I had to take steps to, to leave that job and, and ultimately get back to the things that I was passionate about, back to things that I loved, both as, as in terms of my, my profession, but also in terms of myself, you know, that job was very demanding. And so I stopped doing the things that I knew I should be doing in terms of moving my body and eating the things that I knew fed me instead of just filled my belly. And, um, and so I left that job and um, went back to training, went back to teaching, did that for a few years, um, ultimately moved, you know, a state over into what I then thought was my dream job. And um, it was a, a kind of a hybrid uh, position be between the local gym and the high school. So I could coach the athletes of the high school, I could teach a couple of subjects, but I was the training manager at, at the gym. And, and that was, you know, I once again thought this is my path. And so went, fell into the motion, loved the job. And then, um, the gym got sold and the owner got rid of all of the salaried employees as his first point of business. And so I was, um, in the process of, of moving back to my previous job, um, and a couple of weeks before doing that, another door was opened with um, a gentleman that was starting a wellness program, a, a resort-based wellness program in Northern Utah. And it uh, just kind of fell into place. And a couple of weeks before moving away, I decided to take this job. And, and it's very similar to what I was doing now um, at Movara, which I think we'll talk about in just a second. But uh it was tremendous. People would come from all over the country and world to, to learn how to eat well and to move our bodies and focus on the things that uh, we have the most control over in regard to our physical health. 
and and results were great feedback was great um and then the resort that we were operating out of was sold and <laughs> the new owners got rid of that wellness program and so i at that point once again had been laid off you know third time or left a career third time and and didn't know really what i wanted to do um that was my kind of ideal job it allowed me to to teach it allowed me to coach to train there was a relational person connection base uh, piece to that to that business that really um, attracted me to that kind of work. And so I was kind of at a loss and I knew I wanted to end back in Southern Utah. And so without any real um, prospects, I moved back to Southern Utah and applied at a lot of places in, in the area that were similar to what I was doing um, without any response. And so I went back to teaching for about four years. I was teaching at a residential treatment center. Um, it was a therapeutic boarding school for teenage girls and um, developing the, the, the health science curriculum um, and really liked that job as well. Um, but the nature of that job was that we had students from all over the country, too. And so we were dealing with different curriculums. And the path of the program was going into more independent study work. And so I um, saw the writing on the wall that the teachers were no longer going to be teaching, but we would just be ultimately tutors that were sitting there um, helping them with packets, which is not something I was interested in. And so I started looking for work once again. Um, and the next day, I got a phone call from... Um, the owner of Mobara Fitness Resort, which is where I am currently. And, and she said, hey, we found your resume from, you know, four years ago. Are you still interested in, you know, seeing if there's a place for you here? And we talked on the phone for probably an hour that first day, interviewed the next day. I taught some sample classes the following day, and I started a couple of weeks later. And it just kind of fell into place. And, and, um, and I've kind of been in that in that zone ever since, but I look at my current, you know, my current job, it was through a lot of pain and heartache and the fitness industry is not an industry that has a lot of opportunities for careers, you know, typically trainers and people in fitness, it's a secondary income. It's not a, a primary source of income. And so I feel very blessed to have all of the opportunities that I have and now to be in a position that I get to really focus on all of the things that I loved about teaching, all the things I loved about training and coaching um, with the relational component um, that we have at Movar and the environment that's here. Um, it's a very non-judgmental and safe place. And so it allows deep human to human connection, which um, I feel like this job that I'm in, the position I'm in was, is perfect for me and, and my experience and what my ultimate life goals are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell us, tell us a little bit about Mobar. That's, that's where I got to know you from. I was a part mm -hmm. of a group that went out there for a week and um, had never heard of a fitness resort before. Tell us a little bit about what you do there and what it is. Yeah. So Movara is a fitness resort. We're based in Southern Utah about an hour and a half, two hours north of Las Vegas. But um, people come here um, for at least a week. We run a program from Sunday to Sunday. Um, and people 
come anywhere from one week and we have guests that have stayed up to nine months um, in one continuous stay to work on their health, to get healthy, to decrease body fat, to gain strength, to become more mobile, to learn how to eat. And so the program is an all-inclusive program. Um, we have kind of three main focuses, the nutrition component, the education component, and the fitness and exercise component. And so all of the meals are carefully planned out. They're macronutrient balanced meals within an appropriate calorie range for the guests and their desired results. Um, the exercise classes are, are very variable um, and that allows people of all fitness levels to be able to participate in lots of different um, class formats that maybe they haven't tried before or um, haven't been able to scale before. Um, a, a huge piece of our component or a, a huge component or big piece of our program though is the educational um, piece. We have two lectures each day um, that cover all different subjects from nutrition to exercise planning to mental emotional health to mindfulness practice, self-love, um, stress management, habit creating, all of those types of things. Um, and, and on top of all of that, the, the, the thing that really makes this environment special though, is the, the synergistic effects and the human connection that the guests feel, um, to each other there, there aren't a lot of opportunities, uh, for adults to go away where they don't know anyone. Um, and they're kind of thrust into an environment where they're, um, ultimately a lot of times by themselves, but they're surrounded by, by strangers and forced, um, to interact with them in ways that are, that are challenging, physically challenging, emotionally challenging. And so the growth that comes from the environment, um, compounds or, or is exponential to the, you know, the physical benefits that they might see just in nutrition or exercise alone. And so we keep people busy from, you know, waking up six in the morning hikes are in the morning before breakfast and then pretty much from 6 a.m until 6 p.m every day we've got uh something on the schedule with you know about 15 minute breaks or 30 minute breaks between those activities but we keep people pretty busy and pretty exhausted <laughs> yeah no that's true it was uh it was a great time and and it's amazing the way it pushed and it was kind of we we were talking about when we we're out there it was like adult camp, you know, yeah. you, you come in with these people you don't know, and there's just a bond that happens um, between them. And it was it was a lot of fun. Plus, you learn how much you do or don't need to eat in reality, what you can not just survive on, but really thrive on. I want to talk a little bit with you about just fitness for men in general. And uh, one of the things I want to start with, a lot of guys talk about getting in shape. And that's the thing, I need to get in shape, or I want to get in shape, or I'm trying to get in shape. And and how would you tell a guy how to define that? Because it's so random. And you can go on YouTube and watch any number of videos that tell you what you should or shouldn't do. So what does it mean for a man if he says he's in shape? What should that look like? <laughs> that's a, I mean, it's a very loaded question. Yeah. Um, 
it's loaded for a lot of reasons because um, we live in a culture and society of expectations Hmm. um, in regard to what we should feel like, what we should look like. And, you know, one of my favorite quotes is, is this idea that all of our frustration in our lives comes from unmet expectations. And when we look at the expectations that we're confronted with in regard to our bodies and in shape, um, I think it's important to first, before we talk about what that means, or what it looks like is, is to really look at what that means for the individual, because mm-hmm. being in shape for me might be completely different than being in shape for someone else. And so a, a big piece of it has to come from what is, is motivating us because, you know, when we look at the expectations of what we should look like and what we should feel like, um, a lot of those expectations are not based on scientific principles. They might be based on aesthetics when, you know, we want to look a certain way, or we know that we want to lose weight, but I don't think being, you know, I, I don't look at having a bodybuilder physique or even the concept of losing weight as motivating. I don't, um, that, that's not the true why that's not the motivation behind it. You know, if someone wants a bodybuilder physique, there is something to that. And so we have to ask ourselves, well, why, why do I want to look that way? Why do I want to feel this way? Um, because only then do we look at why we are doing it. And, and the why a lot of times, in my opinion, is more important than what that looks like, what the exercise program looks like, what the, um, you know, what our nutrition looks like, the motivation behind why we're doing it is more important than that. I think it was, um, uh, Victor Frankel in his book, um, man's search for meaning. One of his quotes in his, in the foreword is, um, those who have a why to live can bear almost any how. And I love that because it forces us to be introspective and and really ask ourselves, you know, why I want to do this, why I want to look this way, feel this certain way. Because if we don't acknowledge that we're going to get stuck in the same cyclical pattern of living up to somebody else's expectations, you know, society tells us we have to look a certain way, feel a certain way. And so we do all these things um, and it's very outcome based. Um, it's not based on the process. It's not about finding joy in the journey. And, and I tell people all the time, if you're going to the gym and you hate it, you have no business going to the gym. Um, mm-hmm. We need to be doing it for the right reasons. And if we're dreading it, we're not going to get um, as much out of it um, that we can. And so I think the motivation has to be there. Um, why? Or first, we have to have a, a strong emotional reason for doing it, or the change is not going to be long lasting. It might be productive and might help us get to that outcome or that goal. But once we hit that goal or that outcome, if we don't have something in place to take over, if we haven't developed a process and hasn't become a lifestyle, then we're going to be right back to where we started. And statistically, we're going to be a little bit further away from where we started because every time we go up and down on these patterns, it wreaks, you know, hormonal havoc in, in the body. 
And so, um, really if we, if we break it down and, and this, this is where my approach is different than a lot of fitness professionals, um, and might get a little bit woo woo for lack of a better term. Um, when we're looking at our motivation, when we're doing something out of fear or obligation, when we're doing it because somebody else's expectation has told us, you know, I want to date this type of person. And in order to do that, I have to look and feel a certain way. That's outcome based. That's not based on anything in my process or my journey. I'm doing it because of somebody else's expectations. That's out of fear. I have to do it that way. I should do it that way. But when we look at doing things because we are choosing to do them, when we say, I would go to the gym because I love the way my body feels afterwards. And I would go regardless of whether I was able to increase my one rep max, or if I, you know, regardless of how many calories I burn, I go because that's my outlet. That's my stress management that helps me sleep. All of those things are going to be much better places to start um, ultimately than, than where we want to go. Now that, that was a little bit of background before I answered your question on what, yeah, that no, that's like. great stuff. I love it. But the, the fitness part of it, you know, what it means to be fit once we've got our alignment with why we're doing it and our motivation is coming from a place of, of process and living a life, a more beneficial life, then we can dig a little bit deeper and look at what, what the best impact is in regard for my fitness. Now, you know, a lot of times with, with physical health, we hear the terms diet and exercise a lot or fitness mm-hmm. and nutrition almost synonymously like they are joined at the hip. Um, and there's a lot of reason for that, that one is, is, you know, there is synergy between those two. You know, if we're doing both of them, our, our outcome, our results are going to be, you know, exponentially greater than if we're just doing one or the other. But it's important to note that nutrition and exercise have very different um, focuses. You know, it, when we look at something like weight loss, uh, one of the things that we talk about at Movara a lot is that we recognize when our body is in body fat reduction mode, when we're in a caloric deficit, 80% of the results we come from are from the nutrition we eat. Um, And only 20% of our results are coming from exercise. And that 80-20 ratio is conditional. It's only 80-20 if we're eating consciously with purpose, uh, whatever that looks like. But if we're not eating with purpose, if we're not eating a specific type of food or monitoring what we're eating, it's 100% nutrition. And exercise doesn't even come into into account in in weight loss environment. Um, But we've been conditioned to believe these, you know, these ideas about calorie balance, energy balance, calories in versus calories out where we equate, you know, 200 calories of exercise being the same as 200 calories of food. And they're vastly, wildly different, um, processes. You know, a calorie is a, is a unit of heat energy, but the way our bodies, you know, store calories, the process of digestion and storage of calories that aren't used and the, the process of calories being utilized for exercise are different processes. 
And so they don't equate the way that most people think they do. And so that kind of approach tends to frustrate people more because they're being conscious, they're doing what they think they should be, but um, we're not getting the results. And so once the, you know, once we understand those implications, then we can really start to, to break it down and look at, you know, well, exercise, we've overestimated the importance of exercise in regard to energy balance and fat loss. We yeah. overestimate the importance of exercise and we underestimate the importance of nutrition. And so the, you know, nutrition is key um, and almost a prerequisite to anything we do in terms of, of exercise, whatever the outcome is, whether we're in, in weight loss and body fat reduction mode, or we're in weight gain and um, muscle hypertrophy or muscle growth mode, nutrition is the prerequisite to any of those losses or gains that we're going to experience in regard to the exercise. And so that's the first thing I would say is that make sure nutrition is on point first, because if nutrition isn't the first priority, then exercise is a, a futile attempt to getting where we want to be. Um, and so we do have to separate that. And then, you know, in terms of fitness, um, there are so many misconceptions about how the bodies move and the best way, you know, you mentioned it earlier on, you know, if you go to YouTube, there are hundreds of thousands of different, oh, no. you know, workouts and, you know, programs and pitches and, um, and, and some of them are effective, some of them are less effective, but ultimately, um, I kind of like to, isolate it down to three basic training principles, um, that I think apply across the board, whatever the fitness, um, outcome or goal is around. I like to focus on three training principles that can be applied to any effective program. All right, guys, I hate to cut it off right there, but we've got to do it for the sake of time. And I just want to say, that was really good stuff. I don't know about you, but I enjoyed it. And Jared gave us so much more. I think it really was interesting how he talked about the different mindsets that come down with it. And I loved what he said about expectations, that a lot of us are trying to live to this expectation that really was put on us. And what we have to do is figure out what really works for us. That's the whole thing. Every man is an individual. Your life is not the same as another man's life. You don't have to try to be someone else. Now, someone else can motivate you and encourage you, but you need to really find out who you are as a man. And that's what we do here at The Confident Man is we want to help you find and live your adventure. So don't miss next week's episode with Jared. We're going to continue this conversation. Thanks for being here today. We'll catch you later. been listening to the confident man podcast click subscribe so you don't miss a future episode you can connect with david on facebook and instagram at david the maxwell find resources to help you as a man at theconfidentman.me that's theconfidentman.me